0: Hey, folks. Ben Shapiro here. Don't miss our latest episode of Daily Wire Backstage. Join me, Andrew Claven, Michael Knowles, and Jeremy Boring as we cover the top stories in politics and pop culture with enough laughs and insights to get you through these insane news cycles. Take a listen.
1: You got to want to open up with like a good old fashioned fake laugh. In three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to the Daily Wire Backstage RNC at the polls edition. I'm Jeremy Boring, known around here as the God King and I'm very glad that you've tuned in. How well did the Republicans make their case this week? Was it a mistake not broadcasting riot footage on a continuous loop like I said they should? How many more cities will the left burn down before the election? As Biden poll numbers follow him into the basement, the question is, will either of them stay there? I didn't understand that last sentence. I really should read these things before we Mm -hmm. actually go live. eh. Michael, what are you doing?
2: Well, I'm, I'm enjoying a mostly peaceful cocktail.
1: Oh my God well hey there hi there ho there folks uh very glad to be with you again joining me to discuss all of the news of this week and more of course ben shapiro michael knowles and a special guest our very own matt Walsh, Matt, we're really glad to have you with us. We've been trying to save the Clavin for uh, several months now, and I got no notification he wasn't going to be here, so I can only assume the worst.
2: We did our best. Well, also, is what it, it is yeah. the words of
0: a famous man. <laughs>
1: Also, we have the lovely Alicia Krause with us via satellite. Alicia, what have you got?
3: Hey, guys. I just want to tell everybody to please stick around because after the show, we're going to be doing an all-access live with Jeremy, mm-hmm. Ben, Michael, and Matt. And don't worry, Jeremy, about Drew. Even though you haven't heard from him, he is, and he is super-duper old, he's just on vacation, he hasn't died of the COVID yet. That's and of good. course, I will be hosting that members-only live stream discussion, and I will try to keep the boys in line this time. Unlike last week, okay, guys? <laughs> I promise. And if you want to join us, you have to be an All Access member. And if you're already a member, good for you. Good job. You win on this Friday. But be sure to click the link in the description once the show ends to join the discussion. And if you're like me and most capitalist-loving conservatives, be sure to to uh, take t- part in this limited-time offer so you can participate. Become a Daily Wire All Access member for 20% off with the coupon code ACCESS to join in on the fun. All you have to do is click the link in the description below wherever you are watching and use the coupon code access for 20 percent off to join us for that all access member daily wire discussion with the guys and me after the show i'm
1: glad to hear that drew's still alive i've been waiting out for like a sequel to werewolf cop and i thought (laughs) if the guy's gone it's like george r R. martin yeah we're never never gonna (laughs) come matt thank you for hanging out with us tonight what's going on out in pennsylvania
4: um, you know, not much. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'll, I'll try to serve well in Andrew Clave instead. Try not to, I'll try to not to disgrace his memory, I guess, while I'm here.
1: <laughs> Here's what you do. No matter what we say about Donald Trump, just tell us that it's actually his genius. That's all. That, that's
4: basically the role. For example, I, can't, I, I definitely can't do that. I can't do that.
1: <laughs> if I were to say something like, I don't know if you guys heard, but Donald Trump caught the curtains on fire in the Oval Office while he was trying to put. Uh, I, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. Anyway, your job is just to say, ah, <laughs> oh, that's just part of his genius.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Like a seventy-minute speech. Like that would be that would be an element of genius. Like just going on. My my actual thought there is that he was going to segue directly from the nomination acceptance into a second inaugural. He was just going to continue <laughs> going all the way for for several. That would have perfect. Yeah. He's actually going to use the racist filibuster and completely just do it for days on end. It, it would have been. I mean, he wanted to show that he had energy. The problem was the rest of the country didn't have his kind of energy. No. Well, Most he, of us fell asleep. But it, but overall, what did you guys think of the orange? Well,
1: to quote a great man,
0: some weird, <laughs> pretty weird. Uh, listen, I first of all,
1: it's the first time in my lifetime where the Republicans put on a better show just in terms of sheer stagecraft yep. uh, than the Democrats. You didn't like Billy Eilish? Come on. <laughs> well, what's not to love? I think I did say last time we were together that uh, I thought maybe it was an actual strategy on the part of the left i couldn't figure out how they could be so bad uh, at the optics at that convention unless it unless they were doing it on purpose if it was their way of saying we take covid very very seriously in sort of anticipation of the fact that uh, the president would have a live audience at his at his event even if that's what they were going for what a horrible miscalculation uh, the the president just looked like what he is i mean he's a he's a masterful showman yeah. and uh, he put on an uh, for the most part entertaining show you know, I thought that at least forty minutes of the seventy minute speech were actually was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, it was yeah, a
0: Wagnerian sure. ring cycle. If they if it was like nine hours long and if they had just cut out six of the hours, it would have been a really tight and excellent <laughs> speech that really yeah. focused in on the contrast between the RNC and the DNC and the various visions of the country and the fact that Democrats were outside burning stuff down, like literally right outside, just burning stuff down and punching right. old people in the head. But um, yeah. I mean, in the end, is that really I'm, I'm not sure it matters because the only thing anybody sees anyway are the clips. Right. I mean, you can you can go on for 70 minutes. The number of people who watch that thing beginning to end is very, very low. Yeah. People listen to the clips on shows like the ones that we do. Right. And that, that's how they that's actually like how they find out what Trump said. I think.
1: And there were some great clips. I mean, the speech, uh, while, while a bit long and meandering, there were certainly some excellent aspects of the speech. You know, he he spoke in ways that he didn't speak in 2016 that actually appealed to me. Mm -hmm. I thought in 2016, the president wasn't a very good spokesperson for the sort of the the ideology of conservatism, even the ideology of America, sort of creedal America. Uh, I thought in this speech last night, he actually did a a much better job at being the, you know, being the front man for the greatest country on Earth. Matt, what did you think of the speech?
4: Yeah, I thought it was interesting in the middle when he he read the entire script of Gone with the Wind as a as an attack on political correctness. I, I thought that was an interesting. I mean, when it comes to, when it comes down to it, I think that there's been maybe three political speeches in the history of the world that have actually mattered. Maybe three to five. Maybe um, the rest of them, everyone forgets about five seconds later. So, like Ben said, I think the the takeaway from the RNC is not anything that anyone said. It's what was happening outside when they were right. leaving, and they've you know literally got leftists flipping off old ladies as they're crossing the street. I think that's yeah. the, the the number one, I guess we could say, positive that the RNC could take away because that's what people are going to remember you, more you know, than any speech, I think.
2: It's also when we think back on party conventions, whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats, there are a few moments that come to mind. Reagan had a good line in 92 where he joked about how he knew Thomas Jefferson. That was kind of a funny bit. Uh, Clint Eastwood talking to the chair. That was kind of a funny bit. Pat Buchanan's culture war speech sometimes comes back up. Other than that, people don't, you know, Reagan in 76, there were these few moments that come back up. Otherwise, they're just the rah-rah for the base to to get the poll numbers up. This one was the first time that I think there are multiple moments that will be remembered. And and the one thing that Trump did very well and the people who put it together did very well is they they built it up so there was a big finale. First Mm. couple days, you know, there were some snoozers in there, there were some clunkers, there were good moments too. But it, it built and built. You had uh, two nights ago, you had Sister D.D. Byrne, who, you know, Sister Dr. Colonel D.D. Byrne, you know, gave this great speech on abortion. And then last night, you had these moments. Anne Dorn, you know, the, the widow. That was the, the, that was the moment. That, that was moment. the moment. I mean, that, that was, was the moment. greatest moment. Before we talk spent.
1: about it, let's, let's play the, the, the clip of, uh,
2: yeah, here we go. Yeah,
3: yeah. I relive that horror in my mind every single day. My hope is that having you relive it with me now will help shake this country from this nightmare we're witnessing in our cities and bring about positive, peaceful change. In a time when police departments are short on resources and manpower, we need that help. We should accept that help. We must heal before we can affect change, but we cannot heal amid devastation and chaos. President Trump knows we need more Davids in our communities, not fewer.
1: We need more Davids in our communities, not fewer. You know, during the DNC, uh, they brought out that that young lady whose father had died of coronavirus. And she essentially blamed her father's death on her father uh, for being a fool Mm -hmm. and on Donald Trump for giving, I guess, saying that we should drink fish tank cleaner or, or whatever her issue was. I thought that it was the worst moment of the DNC. I thought that it it spoke ill of almost every person involved. Contrast that with this, which I think was the highlight uh, of the RNC. Here's someone not putting the blame in the wrong place. Here's someone who has suffered a a true uh, tragedy, who has accurately identified what the source of that tragedy was, and who's telling the American people about it directly because the media just hasn't.
0: Very powerful stuff. Well, I mean, they've been doing this whole say their names, say her name, say his name stuff for a long time. And they never actually distinguish between any of the facts of the cases here. Right. You're supposed to say Jacob Blake's name, despite the fact that he was a person with an open warrant for sexual assault and domestic abuse who resisted arrest, apparently withstood two taser rounds. Uh, and then walked over to the other side of his car in defiance of police officers, reached into the car, which will get you shot under all circumstances. Yeah. And also, there was a knife on the floorboards of the driver's seat of the car. I mean, this is like yeah. the definition of a justified shooting under all circumstances. A,
2: a car and full th- of kids and a weapon, right? right? You don't even forget there were kids in and the And
0: you're going to let him drive away as he, the guy with the domestic abuse and the sexual assault con- yeah. convictions in an open warrant. You say his name in the same sentence that yeah. you say Ahmed Arbery, which is a completely different case. You say that in the same way that you say Breonna Taylor, which, by the way, is another case where the police officers, there is literally no path to indicting the police officers because the police officers did not violate the law. You may not like no-knock warrants, but there is no way you can indict the police officers in the Breonna Taylor case if you examine the facts of the case, period, end of story. Um, and it's all said. their names. We all understand their names. I mean, we all name like we all know their names. But Michael Brown is treated exactly the same way as George Floyd is treated exactly the same way as Ahmaud Ahmad Arbery. The name that will never get said there is David Dorn. Right? Right? And nobody will ever yep. say David Dorn. And this is why people got so angry inside the Democratic Party. When uh, was it Burgess Owens who yeah. said all Black lives matter, and with well, Terry Cruz? Terry Cruz. Terry Cruz. Terry Cruz. Terry Cruz said all Black lives matter. Yeah, they said uh, the, Terry. Terry Cruz said all Black lives matter, and Don Lemon went insane because at the moment you mentioned the fact that all Black lives matter, including people who are more likely to, including cases that are far more indicative of a national trend, like David Dorn's murder, yeah. than than police officers randomly shooting black people. They get very upset because it, it misdirects away from the narrative they want to draw, a, a narrative that is completely at odds with the facts and that leads to the sorts of rioting and looting that you're seeing in America's major cities. There is no way for Democrats to simultaneously make the case that America's systems are so rotted through, evil and terrible, that we need systemic fundamental change. All you have to do is stop the rioting and looting for five seconds and elect this octogenarian white guy who used to hang out with segregationists and Kamala Harris is calling him a racist five seconds ago, let him <laughs> and he will fix the system. Yeah. They're, 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 you can't argue the system needs to be torn down and simultaneously need to, to argue that the system needs to withstand out, outside forces. Yeah.
2: And by the way, that clip that, that we just saw of Ann Dorn, it doesn't even do justice. You got you to mm-hmm. watch the yeah. whole speech because she's going through this, this very personal account of how when her husband would get a call in the middle of the night, he would usually wake her up. But because this was so dangerous, he didn't wake her up. Mm -hmm. And and it it was absolutely heartbreaking. There was not a dry eye in the house of anybody who was watching this. And I think this also was the key, not just to why Ann Dorn was so effective at communicating her message, why other people were so effective. It's the whole RNC was specific. I watched that whole DNC. I couldn't see one argument for what Joe Biden's going to do, why we should elect him. It was all vague generalities. Orange man bad. Orange Orange man man bad. bad. It basically was orange man bad. Whereas with Trump, whether you like the guy or not, he told you exactly what he did, exactly what he was going to do, and the specific stories of people who have been affected by these left-wing policies. I found it very effective.
1: So speaking of names uh, that will never be said by the left, Rand Paul leaving the White House last night after the conclusion of the president's speech, uh, a, a sitting United States senator, Accosted uh, and a police officer assaulted. It, has anybody in the media mentioned this? I think we have the clip.
0: Say
1: I like that the senator actually turns around to make sure that the police officer.
0: I know, that's a great move. Shows, shows character. These people are literally too stupid to insult. They are literally too stupid to insult. They're, they're, they're screaming at him, say her name. He is the sponsor of the Justice for Breonna yeah. Taylor Act, which bans no-knock raids, no-knock drug warrants. Right. I mean, that, that, they're, they're insane. They don't give a crap about policy. They don't want anything. The reason I brought up my cell phone here is because here was the headline. You asked whether the media said anything about this. Here was the headline from the Associated Press. You ready for this? This is pretty spectacular. Senator Paul complains about angry mob encounter after RNC. Unbelievable. Next, <laughs> compl- thing you know, he'll, he-
2: next thing you know, he'll pounce. Yeah, did he pounce? That's what I want
0: to know. By the way, if anybody is going to be you know, somewhat, I-, I would say, skittish about encounters with people who want to do them harm in public office, probably Rand Paul, who narrowly avoided being shot to death, on a congressional baseball field, and then narrowly avoided being beaten to death yeah. by his next door neighbor in Kentucky. Like that, that guy seems like he probably has a leg to stand on when he's like, yeah, I felt a little threatened there. Yeah. yeah that's again, imagine for one second, that was Diane Feinstein oh. rather than Rand Paul. And imagine those were tea partiers or alt writers rather than, rather than what they were, which are black lives matter and Antifa protesters slash rioters slash looters and, and, and you know, crazy people. And uh, and you can see how the media covers this sort of stuff. Well,
1: this brings me to one of my complaints about our president. Um, you know, Donald Trump, especially when he took office, I think it persists persists a bit to this day. He has a, an almost constitutional aversion to criticizing anyone who flatters him. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the key to Donald Trump's heart is to be nice to Donald Trump. And so it doesn't matter if you're a horrible regime. It uh, doesn't matter if you're a totalitarian like Kim Jong-un. It doesn't matter if you're... Uh, you know, Saudi princes. If you're nice to Donald Trump, Donald Trump finds it very difficult to say anything negative about Going you. QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> right, QAnon very uh, very recently. Uh, back during the Charlottesville uh, rally, the Unite the Right rally, Richard Spencer, um, three years ago, President Trump, listen, now, th- they'll say that Donald Trump said that the neo-Nazis uh, who murdered someone with their car were fine people. Obviously, if you look at the transcript, he never said that. He was
2: referring to people who were marching. And he explicitly said, I am not talking about the neo-Nazis Correct. and the white supremacists.
1: Nevertheless, for me, for my taste, the president was uh, played footsie with the alt-right during the 2016 uh, election. And and I wish that he'd had a more full-throated uh, rebuke, even during the Charlottesville time. Uh, nevertheless, here we are three years later, and we still hear that. By the way, I, as far as I can tell, you don't get fact-checked by Twitter or Facebook, or Google, uh, if you say that the president called Nazis fine people. So I'm telling you, as a Trump skeptic, something I don't like about the president, I think that it's a, a character flaw on his part, uh, that he's afraid to give a full-throated rebuttal of horrible people if those people are in any way supportive of him. And yet, and yet, and yet, the left is burning down major American cities. Seattle, on fire. Portland, on file. Fire. Wisconsin, Minnesota, all these states have cities on fire as we speak, right outside the White House itself, uh, uh, a sitting senator being uh, accosted by protesters. Many videos that came out um, today. I got Some, punched in the head. That's right. Horrible violence and actual deaths. Like, not just one. Many, many people have been uh, hurt. Like 30 at this
0: point have been killed in the, in the vast number of riots that we've seen. That's right. Will the
1: left condemn this for any reason at all? And then... The answer comes. It comes from on high. They are, in fact, finally, three months later, willing to condemn it Mm. because it hurts the polling for for Joe Biden. Don Lemon of CNN goes on the air and actually has uh, and actually has this to say. Do we have that clip 14?
4: The rioting has to stop. Chris, as you know and I know, it's showing up in the polling. Mm -hmm. It's showing up in focus groups. It is the only thing, it is the only thing right now that is sticking. And the Democrats tonight stuck with that, right? And they also stuck with the theme that you said, the coronavirus. You got coronavirus and you have Kenosha.
1: That's it. Matt, uh, when, you, when you see this kind of unbelievable <laughs> hypocrisy, I know, I know you were a Trump skeptic, as, as were Ben and I, uh, Drew's not here to say that yeah,
2: I'm the only still... pro-Trump
1: guy. I'm... You're pro-Trump, but you're not likely to tell me that it was an act of sheer genius when the president said that there were fine people on both sides. It was an act of sheer. <laughs> Matt, does this give you uh, does this give you pause about uh, your support for the president?
4: Uh, well, I, look. I mean, obviously, there's there's no scenario where we'd be better off with the Democrats. So uh, right. but that's always been my my position, and why I'm I was I'm, you know I've always been pretty sure I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. There's never a chance of me voting for anybody else, certainly, um, <laughs> and I and I certainly am now. But I my, here's my my concern is that you know because we all have the memory of House flies. Uh, my concern is that this very cynical move by the Democrats may actually pay off. I know. You know, recently yeah. I, I've been thinking because of all the rioting, well, there's just no way Donald Trump can lose. There's no way that, I mean, it, it turns out people don't like having their houses and their businesses burned down. <laughs> people actually are against that. Um, but if the Democrats and all these rioters, of course, are Democrats, if they realize what they're doing and say, hey, we're gonna hold off now until the next Republican uh, is is president. Um, I, I, I wonder if come election day, because it's a couple months behind us, everyone's already forgotten about it. I, I kind of think in order for this to, to matter, in order for riots to affect the way people vote, it needs to be happening like as they're voting. Um, it needs to well, be I, that present in their mind.
1: I guess that's a good question. Can they put the genie back in the bottle? I mean, the cynical play by the left is to have unleashed these rioters, winked at these rioters, actually supported, openly supported, paid for their
2: bail. Yeah. But they don't control the rioters. Michael, can, they, this can is, they stop this? This is the issue. When you play with fire, you might get burned. Mm. People sometimes say, if we get into a war, here's what's going to happen. And then the first month, it'll be this. And six months later, it'll be this. You can't. Once war starts, once once things spiral away from law and order, they get out of your control and you can't control them. And it's this, this issue, you know, to this point about the alt-right and Trump playing footsie with anybody. Donald Trump has been saying since the 90s, since the first time he thought about running for president, he said that David Duke is a Hitler lover, right? He's condemned these sorts of people and he's done it again and again and again, specifically on David Duke, such that in 2016, he actually said, how many times do I have to talk about David Duke? I don't know David Duke. I hate David Duke. He's a bad guy, whatever. He was joking about that just last week. Richard Spencer, the guy who was behind the Charlottesville rally is probably the most prominent white identitarian in the country. He endorsed Joe Biden. And he said, I'm not doing this ironically. I think Biden is more competent than Trump. So I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. You'll never hear a peep about that. You will never be asked to condemn anybody. Even even Don Lemon there. He doesn't say I'm condemning these people. He's just saying "Uh, it's not good politics, guys. Calm down for a little bit. So the question becomes, do we even play their game? They will they will never be asked. To condemn the riots. And so why do why do we always play on their footing? Why, why are we always playing defense when they're only playing offense?
1: It's the genius of... Uh, I, actually, I wanted you know, to make you know, the genius. I, I think that was good. Uh, listen, we've been telling you guys since the beginning of this company that you need to put ring on your home. Now, I here I am, and I have this daughter. She just turned nine weeks old. Thank you very much. She couldn't be much cuter. And I am thinking about security more than I've ever thought about security before. Uh, everybody, uh, who works for the daily wire, I believe ever, certainly everybody here has, uh, endorsed ring. We've worked with ring. We all have ring products. I've never been happier to have them, especially in these difficult times. Listen, uh, there's a lot more uncertainty in the economy than there's been in, in recent memory. There's a lot more uncertainty, uh, around crime. There's all these discussions about what the right way to deal with crime is, but one way that you can deal with it is to know about it. And you can do that with Ring. There's a thousand reasons why protecting your home matters to you. I told you why it matters to me. Ring has security products for every corner of your home, inside and out. You can see it all in one simple app. You can keep an eye on your home no matter where you are, right from your phone. If someone stops by, if something's going on, Ring lets you know. It's peace of mind anytime knowing that your home is protected. You really have to take care of yourself in this way. A lot of the products that we offer you guys, listen, we don't talk about products unless we've used them, unless we like them. But a lot of the things that we talk to you are about making Incremental improvements in your day-to-day life. Ring, that's not what it is. This is actually about the protection of your home, the protection of your family. It's about you knowing what goes on uh, outside your front door. Whatever you call home, Ring has everything you need to protect it. See and speak to whoever's at your door from anywhere with video doorbells. Keep an eye on every corner of your house with easy to install indoor and outdoor cameras. Protect your whole home with a Ring alarm, a powerful, affordable, whole home security system you can easily install yourself a special offer right now. A Ring welcome kit
0: is at ring.com backstage.
1: Ben, you were the first guy to ever even tell
0: me about Ring. Indeed, Ring is fantastic. Not only does it allow me to keep track of what's going on outside my property, it also allows me to keep track of what's going on on my property. And since I have three children under the age of seven, and as you know, small children are suicide machines, <laughs> it allows me to keep track of all of them when they are attempting to do harm to themselves or others, because small children are basically small criminals. It comes with the Ring Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. When you get the Ring Welcome Kit at Ring.com/backstage, it is the perfect way to start your Ring experience. Plus, you get free two-day shipping. Go to Ring.com/backstage. That is Ring.com/backstage for the special deal. Ring.com/backstage. By the way, quick, quick, quick note. Please. I totally, I totally agree with Matt, and I am very, very concerned that the the memory span of the American public is a guppy. And I'm really worried because what the Democrats have basically realized in the last week is, hey, wait a second. For several months here running, we've basically not only ignored the violence in America's major cities, we have suggested that Donald Trump is a fascist, an outright fascist for attempting to stop the violence in America's major cities. They have termed rioters and looters protesters for purposes of calling Trump a fascist for sending federal forces into places like Portland or for threatening to send federal forces into places like Seattle. Remember, Tom Cotton's op-ed calling for the use of the insurrection act to stop rioting and looting. Was seen as such a threat to "quote unquote" protesters that they fired the op-ed editor of the New York Times for even right. running the thing. So they've been playing the running this interference game where they conflate the rioters and the looters and the protesters for months. Okay, so they were able to get away with this and say, that no violence was occurring. Right, last like two days ago, the CNN Chiron, while a guy was on screen talking about things on fire behind him, was fiery but mostly peaceful protests. Which, as uh, which is as British Bridget Fonda said, is like the Titanic coverage saying watery, but mostly safe voyage. <laughs> right? Like, that, like that, That's not the way this works. They, they've been playing this game where violence is a figment of your imagination. We've all been going nuts, right? tearing out our hair. Well, in the last two days, the Democrats realized there's a problem. And so now Joe Biden is planning, apparently, uh, there's that Chiron. Uh, apparently, Joe Biden is now playing this game where he is going to go to Wisconsin. He's going to go to Minneapolis and he's going to make speeches uh, saying that the rioting and the looting are bad. Now, you can guarantee the first thirty-five minutes of each one of those speeches, or the first thirty-five seconds, because that you can't do a thirty-five-minute speech. The first thirty-five <laughs> seconds of that, of that will be dedicated to yeah. how America is systemically racist and completely evil, and all of the anger that we're seeing in the streets is justified anger. It's just that the violence itself is unnecessary. Now we know that's exactly Come what he's going to say. Come on, man. That's exactly on, what man. he uh, said, right? He actually made a, a, a statement, and his condemnation of the violence was it made him sick to his. It, it didn't make him sick to his stomach to watch entire cities burn. It didn't make him sick to his stomach to watch what happened to David Dorn. It made him sick to his stomach to see what happened to Jacob Blake. That's what he said, because it happened in broad daylight. And a police officer shot this guy directly in the back. Kamala Harris, by the way, says no investigation really necessary. Convict the officers, indict and convict the officers. Um, And so Joe Biden basically trots along with the narrative put out by the rioters and the looters. And then he says, but guys, really, this isn't necessary, because if you elect me, I'm just going to do all that stuff for you. I'm just going to I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to make the policy changes that you want me to make. Yeah. Is that going to be effective in shutting down the rioting and the looting? Well, if the, if these guys are smart, then yeah, it will be because they're basically getting what they want. But yeah. I think some of them are, are don't give a crap about any of this. I think what they give a crap about is mainly burning things. And so eventually, the question is going to be whether Democratic mayors decide to shut it down with use of so force.
1: Matt, Matt, you were one to jump in there, I think.
4: Yeah, well, I, I just, I think of the irony here, I, I really think that the the short attention span of the American people is the number one challenge for political campaigns. Now, I think it just redefines everything. I think we might look back and say that the Mon- Monica Lewinsky scandal was the last real political scandal in history mm-hmm. because it's the last one that people really talked about for, you know, years, really. Uh, we just don't do that anymore. So the irony is that the, the thing that has helped Trump uh, and that has made him sort of Teflon for the last three years may be turning against him because you think about all these scandals, whether real or imagined, that in the past would have just totally destroyed. I was mean, starting with the Access Hollywood tape, uh, you know, r- r- just a couple weeks before the election. I mean, you you think back in in history, it it seems like that would have completely destroyed politicians. It didn't touch him, I think, and we assumed it's because of some something particular about his character and, and who he is that these things mm-hmm. don't stick. I think that's part of it, but I also think it's just yeah, that's the way that's the in our in our media saturated culture. And you think about uh, uh, you know impeachment. I mean, the the Democrats didn't even talk about impeachment at their own convention because. Even something like impeachment used to be a huge deal. It's only happened a few times in history. We've already, yeah. no one's talking about that anymore. We've already yeah. moved on from it, which for good reason. But uh, so, so now I'm just wondering if this is flipped against Trump and the thing that should stick to the Democrats won't.
2: We also need to make sure we don't let elected Democrats distance themselves from the rioters, which is what they're Mm. trying to do. We use all these terms, BLM, Antifa, rioters, protesters, they're Democrats. They're Democrats doing things on behalf of Democrats. There are elected Democrats and prominent media Democrats who have directly called for these kinds of riots and this kind of violence. Maxine Waters said, when you see Republicans in the streets, mob them, surround them, create a crowd you had Chris Cuomo on CNN saying that protests don't need to be peaceful because he hasn't read the First Amendment. You you had Hillary Clinton say that you can't be civil with a political party that disagrees with you. You can't be civil. What, well, what's the opposite of civil? What does that leave room for? These are some of the most prominent Democrats in the country. They told these rioters to go out and get violent. That's what they did. And And we shouldn't let the elected Democrats get off the hook for what they're going to try to do for the next several weeks.
1: Yeah, if only there was an organization devoted to Reporting on the actual things that uh, are said <laughs> by politicians, you might actually have a prayer of some of this sticking. Yeah. But Matt, to your point, the news cycle moves so fast now, and Democrats have absolutely no incentive uh, to put the focus anywhere except on Orange Man Bad, and they they basically want to destroy Donald Trump through a thousand paper cuts. Right? They've realized no single scandal is going to bring him down, and so instead, it's sort of a shotgun approach where every single day. They make you believe that Trump, here's the latest outrage, the latest outrage, the latest outrage from Donald Trump. And you see it working. A lot of our friends, listen, I didn't vote for the president in 2016. Uh, the only thing that kept me from being a prominent never Trumper is that I'm not prominent. Uh, but it wasn't for lack of trying, you know, I, uh, I famously uh, uh, wrote that I thought uh, on during the last Republican National Convention, I said that uh, for conservatives, the election was already lost no matter what went on to happen uh, in November. Uh, and even I can tell you that I've watched many of, of our peers who were in that Never Trump movement in 2016 actually fall for this sort of yeah. media approach yeah. wherein they are outraged by every outrage. And so they are in a constant state of being outraged no matter what the actual thing is, no matter whether it's actually relevant, no matter whether it's actually true. It's sort right. of like conspiracy. All conspiracy theories uh, basically thrive on the preponderance of false evidence. You know, if somebody will say, well, if there's... If we really landed on the moon, then why? You know, if there's only one source of light on the moon, why are there two shadows? You go, well, there's two. There's actually two sources of light. There's the sun and the moon. And they go, uh, which reflects so much light that you can read in the dark during a full moon on Earth, 200,000 miles away. They go, oh, but the flag. Why did the flag wave if there's no radiation belt? Yeah, What about the Van Allen radiation belts? In other words, no matter. You can't speak to enough of these things. They can just move uh, right on to the next out, da- And that's, what the, that's the approach that the media has
0: taken with the president. Uh, although I, I will say, I think they, th- they thought they had a silver bullet. Because they did try that strategy for years on end. Mm. And I think had the, they thought they had the silver bullet in the coronavirus. And, and that's why there are really kind of two themes. And, and they keep going back to it, right? You saw in the last couple of nights of the RNC, as it became absolutely clear, that the Democrats completely blew it when it came to violence in the major cities. Yeah. The entire media immediately swiveled to, uh, but look at how there's a crowd on the South Lawn. They're not wearing masks. They're sitting right next to each other. That was the coverage last night. The coverage That's last right. night was all, look at these terrible people who are sitting there right next to each other and breathing on each other. What, I mean, they, what they, about they, the people who are going to try to mug them when they leave the White House? What well, about, well, that well, but, but, and, about that crowd? No, this is, and, and this is how you know, you know what insane hypocrites they are. Literally the next day, there are 50,000 people on the National Mall standing directly next to each other, most of them not wearing masks. And the media right. don't mention one time yeah. social distancing or, or mask wearing. I think that the Democrats thought that COVID was going to continue to be the chief issue in everybody's mind all the way up till November. I don't think they're right about this. I think that, you know... So it, you you
1: may have seen, Ben, we were the number one publisher in the world on Facebook in the month of July. Daily Wire's first time uh, that I think, uh, certainly that any uh, internet media company has ever... No to Kevin Roos at the New York Times. Yeah, Mad right. bro. <laughs> Mad bro. Number one publisher in the world on Facebook in July. And in NewsWhip's coverage of this, they said one of the interesting things is all of the other people in the top category... Devoted all of their coverage, the, the majority of their coverage, to coronavirus, and Daily Wire sort of uniquely uh, devoted our coverage during the month of July to the burning down of major American cities. And that you could, and they were sort of coming to the realization that, oh, the entire media is an echo chamber, and they don't talk about what people are interested in. They talk to try to gra- to, to to astroturf interest into the people. We talk about what people were really interested in, and it shot us up to the very top of the charts. I want to brag some more about uh, the Daily Wire and how good we are, how we're number one and how we love to hear the the lamentation of our enemies. Um, (laughs) But first, I want to talk about how good it is to be a god king. When you're a god king, lowercase g, lowercase k, of course, uh, so that I don't offend any real deals, um, you uh, you see every crisis as an opportunity. And so when you are such as I and you see the market start to go haywire, you immediately go over to Birch Gold. I don't want to steer you guys wrong. Um, people who are not risk-averse, people who see who see opportunity in crisis have made a lot of money uh, during this tumultuous year. One of the ways that we've been able to do that is with Birch Gold. Since 2016, we've been telling you, hey, you got to invest at least some of your money in gold. I would never say put all of your money in precious metals. Neither would Ben, Michael, Matt. Uh, but some of your money should be diversified into gold. And we do all of our gold investing with Birch Gold. When we first started telling you about this, Gold was trading at $1,300 an ounce. Now we're at all-time highs. The reason? Gold and silver thrive in uncertain times. Massive unemployment, lockdowns, fear of COVID-19. I don't know if you guys heard about this. There's that little thing called a presidential election uh, coming up upon us. Always times when you're going to see a spike in gold prices. If you haven't reached out to Birch Gold to diversify part of your IRA or 401k into precious metals or just to purchase physical gold or silver from them, please do it today. Text Ben, B-E-N, to 474747 and get a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold. We know the guys over at Birch Gold. We've been working with them since, we, since the very beginning of the company. In fact, Birch Gold and Ring were our, our very first two sponsors uh, at The Daily Wire. And so uh, we've been big fans of them for a long time. These are guys who know what they're doing. They won't steer you wrong. Text Ben to 474747 and learn more about protecting your savings with gold. By the way,
0: I will note that when you open an IRA in precious metals before August 30th, so time is running out, you do get a free signed copy of my new book, How to Destroy America, in three easy steps, which is worth its weight in gold. Not actually, but, but figuratively. Go check them out. At ben, text Ben to forty seven forty seven forty seven and invest at least a little bit of precious into, into of your money into precious metals. Diversification is very important. Mm. Unless you're Alicia Kraus, in which case you sell all your worldly possessions, buy gold and bury under the chicken coop mm-hmm. outside. But don't be Alicia. Just take some of your money. Never go full Alicia by texting Ben to forty seven forty seven forty seven.
1: Never go full Alicia. I like to bring this up from time to time. Alicia has a podcast called The Lady Brains. It's really uh, entertaining. They do it with Ricochet, uh, and a lot of our pals are on it. You really should listen to it. But I did listen to this episode one time. Uh, in which Alicia and the girls tried to explain yeah. how earn, how uh, raising urban quails yeah. is a superior alternative to raising urban chickens, mm-hmm. and how you can do both without being in any way hipster. Yeah. Which reminded me that Alicia Kraus has many talents. Knowing what the word hipster means <laughs> is not one of them. Alicia, are you there with us?
3: Hey, you know, don't forget, I also have whiskey buried under there. Which, if we saw in the mm. age of COVID, with the mm-hmm. increase in alcohol sales. That's it's true. up there with gold as an important investment, especially if you're Michael Knowles. That's true. Goes through. I
2: do prefer whiskey to quail. I do. I like <laughs> quail, too.
3: <laughs> but you can cook the quail in the whiskey. Mm. <laughs> Double win. All right, guys. I'm here to remind everyone to stick around for the All Access Live after the show and join Jeremy, Ben, Michael, and of course, Matt Walsh. Welcome, Matt, for a members-only discussion. And I will be there moderating, and I'm still looking around for my whistle. I know you guys don't really like soccer, but I have my red card handy wow. and ready to go. If you want to join us... I don't you, know what
2: any of those words meant. <laughs> I can't wait to pretend to be injured, though. Whatever, least I'm saying,
3: ah! A oh. fake-out? <laughs> <hang on,
2: finally.
3: laughs> a fake-out just to get Ben in trouble yeah. for the red card? <laughs> he doesn't care. Mike.
1: Michael and I were recently in Tennessee, and we saw what appeared to be... Uh, we were at a distance, I have to admit. We were yeah. in a vehicle. What appeared to be grown adults playing soccer. Obviously not possible. Yeah, it was 100 degrees, uh, 80% humidity in central Tennessee, and they were wearing masks uh, because of their <laughs> deep fear of the Rona. And all I could think is if you walked over to one of those soccer players with no mask on and just said hello, they'd fall to the ground <laughs> holding their knee and say, oh, and writhing, no. in, <laughs> writhing in agony.
3: Oh, Lord, I'd say my middle should definitely play soccer. She does a fake out all the time. But (laughs) if you want to join us to see who gets the red card the most, uh, Mm. my bets on Michael, I don't know, maybe it'll be Ben, maybe even Matt, even though though the poor guy's from afar. If you want to join us, you have to be an All Access member. And if you're a member, click the link in the description once the show ends to join in on the discussion. And because we love a good deal, we have one just for you. We have a limited time offer so you can participate. Become a Daily Wire All Access member for 20% off. with coupon code ACCESS to join the fun. If you're homeschooled like me, you spell ACCESS, A-C-C-E-S-S. And remember, you're a member of all you have to do is click the link in the description below wherever you're watching. Do you guys want to hear some of the chit-chat that people are already talking about? Yeah, what did I say? So some of the members are already getting into the discussion. Carol says that she loves you guys, and she's looking for your opinion about the possibility of whether or not there could be a President Pelosi. Dear God, I hope not. If the election is unsettled. And it's a good thing that Drew isn't here because he might be triggered by this next question. Some of uh, the commenters are locked in a heated debate and they're wondering who has the best hair of all of you guys. Mm. Mark says that he thinks it's Michael Stop and that, that Michael is his quote-unquote hair hero.
2: Come on, go on. <laughs> Come on.
3: <laughs> Maybe we'll settle that debate and more during the All Access right after the show.
1: Hmm. Thanks, Alicia. We'll be over there and uh, look forward to weighing in on all the important issues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... One of the questions that we've been debating since the very beginning of this election, I think we talked about it last week after the DNC, I have maintained from the very beginning that there would never be any circumstance in which the Democrats would put Joe Biden on a debate stage uh, with Donald Trump. This last week, after seeing the performance that the president gave, seeing the the overall performance uh, of all the Republicans at the RNC, how uh, they were willing to take the fight to the Democrats, and after the Speaker of the House herself, uh, Nancy Pelosi, actually floated the idea of Joe Biden not doing a debate. I was the only one last week who said that there wouldn't be a debate. I think I put a little money on the line. I want to go around the horn and see if you guys have had the opportunity to realize just how right I am. Michael, what are you thinking?
2: I would have disagreed a couple of weeks ago, but I think now it's becoming more likely. They had had these op-ed columnists, these Democrats floating this idea that Biden doesn't debate. That didn't stick. Now you have Pelosi. She's the most powerful elected Democrat in the country. She's floating it. It's a little more serious. The one reason, though, and I, Ben and I were talking about this a little bit earlier today, the, the, the one reason why I think he, Biden still has to debate is because the, the convention didn't work for the Democrats. It's not even just because the Democrats are burning down the country. Uh, the convention was supposed to give them a boost in the polls. You don't really see that choosing a vice president was supposed to give you a boost in the polls. That did not happen. Actually, Rasmussen showed that it hurt uh, Joe Biden. And I I suspect, we don't have the numbers yet, but I suspect that President Trump is going to get even more of a boost out of the RNC. So the numbers are not trending in Biden's direction. And I think if he shows the cowardice of not going up and debating, that it's going to hurt him even more. So my money is still slightly on his going and showing up to some kind of debate. But it's pretty clear at this point, the party itself does not want him on that. Well,
1: stage. I'll tell you what's really got me, uh, what's reinforced for me that there won't be a debate. And it's that on social media, all the Democrats who, listen, people with whom I'm personal friends, have all started saying that Donald Trump doesn't want a debate and that Donald Trump is asking for a fourth debate to set up for the idea that uh, that he won't do any debates because Biden won't do a fourth debate. In other words, they, they are they're creating, projecting. they're
0: projecting. That's right. Ben, what do you think? Um, no, I, I think Biden has to debate. I mean, at this yeah. point, the election is too close, um, and it is. I mean, people are looking at that national number as though the national number matters, and the national number does not matter. He's They're running up the score in California. They're running up the score in New York. But you can see the polls have narrowed considerably in the last couple of weeks in virtually every swing state. Uh, he's now back in the lead in North Carolina, which obviously he has to win. But the, the lead is basically down to zero in Minnesota. With, that's because... I can't think of any other reason other than the riots in Minneapolis. Right. Uh, The the numbers are going to close extremely fast in Wisconsin. I think that Trump right now has the upper hand in Wisconsin. What Trump really needs is in the same way that Barack Obama doubled down on the voters who brought him victory in 2008 and actually lost some votes from 2008 to 2012 and then won re-election because he got the people who loved him the most to show up in even greater numbers. That's kind of what Trump is doing with rural areas. So he's he's saying, you know what? I can compete a little bit in the suburbs. I'm going to give up the cities almost completely. I need the people in rural areas to show up like twice as much. And yeah. Kenosha is not a big city. Kenosha is a town of 100,000 people. It is not in the top 100 American cities. There are lots of towns of 100,000 people in, in the United States. Yeah. And towns like Kenosha are going to turn out en masse and vote for, for Donald Trump. I mean, I think that he's now got the upper hand in Wisconsin. I think he he's running even in Michigan. Remember, he doesn't he doesn't need to win. All three of Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin needs to win one of those and maintain all the rest of the other states. So if he wins Minnesota, then he can even lose another state, right? So he needs to win Florida. Florida really is the big one no one's talking about because Florida, Biden seems to have a fairly solid five to seven point lead in most of the polls. But even in Florida, things are starting to close a little bit now. And I think that because Florida actually handled COVID correctly, thanks to Governor Ron DeSantis, I think that you're going to start to see some more enthusiasm for President Trump as the economy starts to reopen there. So this, this election is far from over. Yeah. It, it shows you how quickly this sort of widespread perception that Biden is way ahead is is dissipating, that he is now forced to travel to all the places that Hillary Clinton refused to travel last time. By but the Matt, way-
1: Matt, you haven't been part of our uh, bet up until this point. Where are you on the issue of the debates?
4: Yeah, well, I, I got to agree with you, Jeremy, or maybe you agree with me. Maybe I'll phrase it that way. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I could I could only really answer this along the lines of what what do I think he should do, whether or not he'll do what I think he should do is a different question. But I I, I don't see any reason or any positive, real, real positive for for Biden in in, in debating Trump, because you just have to you have to think, okay if it goes, you have to look at it is if it goes really, really well for Biden, how much will he gain from that as opposed to if it goes really, really poorly for him? how much will he lose and i think he stands to lose a hell of a lot more than he stands to gain hmm. especially because you're debating look you're debating donald trump um, i happen to think that uh, I, I guess i differ from a lot of conservatives i think that donald trump is abysmal in debates i think he's really bad but and and he, and he tends to be kind of low energy too actually in debates but um but what he does he only needs like one line he'll just right. have one little yeah. it, it could go for 3 hours but yeah. all, like it, it with uh, with with hillary he just had one line terrible performance but he just uh, one time he just said well, if I'm elected, you'll go to jail. And, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and that was it. That was, that, that, was, that was the only thing. It was the only thing that defined that enti- entire debate. So you're, you're debating a guy who just needs to have one little, uh, one little line like that. And at the same time, you're also from Biden's perspective, you're also senile. So just the risk is, is extremely high for him. And I, I just all, don't see. All he
0: really has to do is cite Hunter Biden and then call Joe Biden senile. And it gets real ugly for Joe real fast. Yeah. Once Joe gets agitated, he just, he can't, get it back. I mean, you've seen you've seen this in his public appearances and people keep ignoring this, that even Joe, Joe Biden on teleprompter is better than Joe Biden off teleprompter. That's right. When he does these public appearances, every time somebody asks him a question that he doesn't like, he starts challenging them to fist fights. Come, hey, Come on, remember yeah. Hey, fat. Hey, fat. Hey, go... fat. Hey, Listen fat. Hey, fat. That was a solid one. Hey,
1: orange. You want to go out back and uh, push ups in the street with a brawl? <laughs> That's what I'm talking Warm about. Up.
2: You know, I also don't want to just blow over something that Ben just said, which is about Minnesota. Minnesota is a blue state. Ronald Reagan won 49 states in 1984. He didn't win Minnesota. Right. Minnesota right now, if you've got Donald Trump and Joe Biden running neck and neck, that is not a good uh, sign for the Democratic Party. And you look at the national polls, that doesn't that's not how the election is going to be decided. It's going to go state by state, and you're seeing the direct effect of the riots in Minnesota. Those riots, those protests have only been spreading the last couple of months. What does that mean for for other states? So,
1: I got a cell phone before anybody I knew. Uh, I was 18 years old. I got a cell phone. Listen, I'm old, so just take that for what it's worth. I got a cell phone. Since that time, I've had one major pet peeve about cell phones. That's said they're too damn expensive. I hate overpaying uh, for cell phone coverage, and that's why we want to talk to you guys today about Pure Talk. Think about all the money you automatically give away every month. Taxes, obviously, internet, cable, utility bills. Then there's that cell phone bill. Uh, all the big carriers, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, they all want to charge you for data and perks that you'll never use. But thankfully, that's where Pure Talk USA comes in. Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage. Can't state this strongly enough. It's the same coverage. Same towers, uh, same bars, but it costs you how much? Half. Half the money, same coverage, with no contract and no excessive fees. You could use that money and, uh, go, and bre- go over to Birch Gold and uh, do a little saving for the future. Or you could go become an All Access subscriber here at The Daily Wire for 20 bucks a month. Promo code ACCESS. And you could ask us questions. Uh, after the show, or you could put it in an envelope for a rainy day. Not for you, for me. After uh, enough rainy days, you just write God King, care of Daily Wire, stick it in the mail. It's like Santa Claus. The post office knows exactly how to find me. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would all be happier if you were saving money using uh, Pure Talk USA. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk text and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving over $400 a year on their wireless
0: bill with Pure Talk USA. So grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, and say my name, Ben Shapiro. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the new iPhone SE. Again, that is pound 250, say, keyword, Ben Shapiro. There's not much in life that makes Matt Walsh smile. But the idea of saving money on Pure Talk USA (laughs) is one of those few things. There's a myth that Walsh has never smiled. But in fact, the only time he has ever smiled is when he thinks about saving money at Pure Talk USA. Simply, smarter wireless. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro, and make Matt Walsh smile and Tinkerbell live once more. <laughs> Tinkerbell lives if you buy wow. uh, your cell phone. Through it's a, phone a hard function. pitch. It's a hard yeah, pitch. Some people give the soft sell. I really go for it. You know? <laughs> well, that's why you're
1: the best in the business, Ben. That's why you're the best in the business. So here we are. We're now, the conventions are passed. Maybe there will be debates. Maybe there won't. Uh, we're, the, the house is divided here 50-50 uh, on that question. Uh, although, Matt, I do like how you said that, that there's what he should do and what he will do. That's always the case in politics. Almost no one in politics ever does what they should do. They almost exclusively do what they think they're supposed to do. And that's one of the reasons that we find ourselves in all the trouble that we're in this country. Nevertheless, here we are. We're in the, the run-up to the election. Typically, somewhere in the next five weeks, some sort of earth-shattering surprise enters the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously in 2016, it was the all-access uh, tape, right? The all-access tape drops only a few weeks out from the election. We all think, uh, Donald Trump's campaign is finished. Uh, in 2008, it was the actual collapse of uh, of American economy. The American economy. Um, what's it going to be this time? I mean, there's no way 2020 doesn't give us the craziest. Curve I was project. literally
0: about to say this. So, channeling our friend, our our late departed friend Andrew Claven. So Andrew Claven. Bless his soul. <laughs> He'll be missed. He he's, he has said before that it's It sometimes feels like we're one plot twist short. Right. As, yeah. as, a, as a guy who writes novels, Drew has a very good feel for sort of there needs to be one more plot twist in order to make this plot really run. And believe it or not, despite the fact that the writers of 2020 have gone all out. I mean, they've done everything from hurricanes to cities burning to covid-19, like literally all the impeachment, Bernie Sanders, like all the storylines. We're still a couple of plot twists short. I feel like there is one fairly predictable plot twist that is going to happen. And that is going to be the clear exposure of the fact that Joe Biden is not a healthy man. Um, And -hmm. the reason that I I say that is because in 2016, we had the exact same thing for months and months on end. People kept saying Hillary Clinton does not look good. Hillary Clinton does not look like she is. She is quite as lively as normal. She's not on the campaign trail very much. Remember, people were making a big deal out of her hacking cough. And these days that would have a completely different connotation because of COVID. But she but she was kind of hacking away. And people were like she really doesn't sound good. She looks tired. She doesn't feel with it. And then. That was a remember. It was a conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, and then there she is at the nine eleven memorial, and then she collapses into a van. And everybody's like, "Whoa, hold up! Are we allowed to ask questions now about her state of health?" And she said that it was about dehydration, and it wasn't anything else. And people were very suspicious. I feel like Joe Biden has been staving off the fact that he is a a vastly diminished person since. I mean, all you have to do is watch. It, it was so yeah. funny. There, there are literally people in the in the Democratic media. And they are. They are the Democratic Establishment Party Media. It's 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 insane. I mean, I've never seen the full merger of the media and the Democratic Party the way that we have seen yeah. in the recent past. It's 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 crazy. And I've been watching it my entire life. It's never reached this level. They will literally call you a conspiracy theorist if you play a tape of Joe Biden from eight years ago. Yeah. If you play a tape of him with Paul Ryan, where he's, you know, being his smarmy self, but he's at least with it, and then you play a tape of him now, slurring his words and falling off at the end of sentences and forgetting where he is. They're like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. He's fine. Everything's good. He's riding a bike. Everything's fine. Well, all it takes is one moment of complete lack of clarity in public yeah. and like real lack of clarity, not in the basement. Right. Something something that, that really shakes people up. And again, I don't think not only is this not, not unprecedented, it's happened repeatedly in American politics with, with elderly candidates. I mean, Bob Dole fell off a stage in 1996. Right. There are all sorts of concerns about Bob Dole's health. And then he fell off a stage and people are like, oh, well, you know, he's a clumsy oaf and also he's old. And what are we going to do about that? And they, they, they tried yes, to send, and they voted for Bill Clinton and they voted for Bill Clinton. Uh, and and so I, I feel like that's that's the predictable twist. There, there's going to be some other twists some black swan event that I can't predict. But that one seems like fairly obvious. And the more he's out in public, the better the chance something like that happens, I think. Well, I'm not rooting for it. I just think that that's a reality when you're 78 years old. Yeah. And yeah. you are not who you once were. And they're asking 15
2: hour days of you campaigning. Are
1: they going to have him out in public? I mean, I guess that's the question. I think they have to. Yeah, I, I sort
2: of. I sort of doubt that he's going to actually hit the campaign trail, but I do agree. I think he's going to have to debate, and debates are long experiences, and uh, President Trump has already said he wants Biden to take a drug test before, so they don't just (laughs) pump him full of uppers so he can get through an hour of debate. You know, the the question is on the October surprise, not just something that happens naturally, but something that the the campaigns have been holding on to, and two weeks before the election, like the Access Hollywood tape, you're going to release it. And I don't know what they're going to do on Biden. You know, Biden's been in public life for a very long time. The the rumor among all these other stupid rumors that they talk about with President Trump is they're going to have some member of the Trump family on tape criticizing him and talking about how terribly is some one of his children or Melania or something like that, To, to which I would respond. Getting a wife on tape complaining about her husband is not exactly a man bites dog story. Okay, that is a sort of natural thing in the flow of of marriages. The trouble is, I mean, if, that, if something like that is the best they've got, it's nothing. They've already thrown at President Trump yeah. everything they've got. I mean, they've invented things and, and those haven't stuck. So it, it's hard to imagine that they've got any October surprise Don't left. Don't you
1: think we'll see a leak of his tax records? I think that's what we're going to see. And I think, okay. of course, they're going to have some tape of Melania saying something bad. But to your point, unless it's something truly hideous, yeah, uh, I just can't imagine it sticking. My, and, I and, think and, it's and, the tax and
0: records. The, and the spectrum of truly hideous for Trump, it's not the spectrum of truly hit. No, 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 right. No. I mean, Melania could be like, yeah, he's off in the closet banging nine women at the same time. Or I'll be like, USA, <laughs> USA. Uh, Matt, what do you
2: think?
4: Yeah, well, I, first of all, uh, the idea that wives complain about their husbands I'm sure my wife has never complained about me one time. <laughs> no, so
2: no, no. Yes, no, you're right. You're
4: right. Uh, but I, I also, I, you know, I wonder if, if everything is baked in for both of these guys. I mean, you talk about the health issue. This is one of the reasons why I say he's not gonna debate it because exactly what Ben's talking about. A moment where he really appears to just lose it and freeze, that's, what, that's the risk. And so why would you even take that risk? Especially when you can, you can get out of it just by giving, setting some uh, standard or something Trump needs to do in order for you to debate. Like, I mean, really anything, just you know, something it could be something with racial justice, Uh, trump needs to pledge to do this or that thing that he's not going to do and then you can always say well i want to debate but he won't do it so i can't so we're not going to debate but uh but even with the health thing i wonder if uh, short of something really catastrophic like Mm. i i kind of think it would have to come out that biden is currently dead um anything short of that Mm. i i I wonder if people are just going to say well yeah he's an old guy and and we know that but the reason we're electing him is because he's not trump number one and number two, uh, you know, this is, this is a, he's a transitional candidate. So we don't even need him to, you know, be healthy for the entire term. We just need a Democrat just in there. Need so. to win. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Uh, the one thing we know is that we don't know everything yet. That's one of the reasons, by the way, that I hate this whole idea of early voting and both parties are really calling for early voting right now. Yeah. Uh, because when, when parties are desperate and in times of corruption, they always call on early voting. You shouldn't vote early. Yeah. Uh, listen, the, I've been open about this. for Ben and I, when we first started the company, we agreed. uh, We don't think that the highest uh, level of transparency attainable for uh, a media organization is to peddle the the lie of objectivity. We think that the highest level of transparency is to own your biases. And so I've been open about my biases at every point along this journey. And you know that I'm most likely going to vote for Donald Trump in 2020 after having not voted for the president uh, in 2016, which I also told you at the time. Nevertheless, the reason I say most likely to vote for Donald Trump in 2020 is because there are still, I grant the possibility that there are things that we do not yet know. Uh, Could any of those things cause me to vote for a Democrat? Listen, it's not impossible that I would vote for a Democrat for president. It would have to be like one step short of revolution. Like you would have to believe that the Republican candidate was such a clear and present danger uh, to the country that you couldn't even leave it to chance, right? That you'd be voting against everything you believe in would mean that whatever that person represented would have to be even more of what you don't believe in. Is that likely to happen in this situation? Of course not. As you said, they've thrown everything they've got at uh, at President Trump. I think we know most of what there is to know about him. Nevertheless, I do believe you're supposed to keep your options open. You're supposed to make these guys earn your votes. And it's possible that there could be things that made it impossible for you to pull the lever uh, for someone. Vote early. uh, This term that everyone's using. Used to be connected to another term, vote often, right? right? Yeah. Vote early and vote often, and it really is the same thing now. It's just a little wink at, a uh, little wink at corruption. But absolutely, I think
0: that. Um, Quick note on this, by the way. Please, yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of amazing how both parties box them in with regard to the procedures of voting. Mm. So Donald Trump, on the one hand, he was like, mail-in voting, it's a threat to the republic. Mail-in voting is really, really bad. Oppose universal mail-in, and he, by the way, he is correct that universal mail-in voting, which is not Horrible. the same as an absentee ballot is really, really bad, okay? The idea that you're just going to be at home and somebody's going to send you a ballot, and then we're going to have ballot harvesters who, like you, because they know which party you're a member of, they're going to show up at your front door, and you weren't going to vote because you really didn't care, but now you're going to vote because the ballot harvester shows up. Like, that, that's right for fraud. It's that's the for best abuse. case scenario of what on. It's, right, with it, it's har- right for, at the, very, at the very least, massive confusion because the standards no. are very unclear. But the, politically, it is, it is malfeasance to talk about how bad it is to do mail-in voting because you've now convinced your entire base not to do mail-in voting. Now, by the same by the same which, by the way, is why Trump then reversed himself in Florida. He was like, wait a second. There are a bunch of old people who are going to vote for me in Florida. Mail-in voting in Florida is good. Everywhere else it's bad. In Florida, it's very good. The Democrats, because they're idiots, did the precise opposite mistake. They were like, you know what? It's super dangerous to go to the polls, guys. The only thing that's important is mail-in voting. Mail-in voting is super duper important. You should never, ever go out and vote on the day of the election because you might spread the COVID. And Donald Trump is trying to skew the election by stopping the mail-in voting. So what's going to happen? Democrats aren't going to show up on election day because they're going to be afraid of COVID, right? So now the Democrats are starting to, it's so amusing to watch. The Democrats are starting to be like, you know what? Maybe we can vote in person now. Maybe we can't, like the the NBA, they went on strike for literally 3.7 seconds. The WNBA went on strike and their fan was super pissed. The NBA went on strike and for for like 3.7 seconds, they were on strike. And then they realized, wait a second, we're striking literally against our own business because we're idiots. And then they came back. And the concession they received from the owners is the owners said that they would use their arenas for voting places. Well, wait a second. I thought five seconds ago it was super yeah. dangerous to vote in person. But now apparently not. Do you get the feeling that covid is ever like a political thing for the Democrats? Yeah, like no, Ever, no, ever? just on, a little man. bit How like the covid you? handling is just a little bit political. Dare you? Quick note, by the way, I think that as a political matter, we should open a show on Broadway just for the sake of saying that Broadway should be open. Because they've had zero deaths and zero cases in Manhattan for weeks at this point. And they're still not opening that place because it's because of the the political incentive structure.
1: O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A, Oklahoma. That's the only one I could do.
2: Is that even a state anymore? I thought that Gorsuch gave that one away.
1: Uh, (laughs) I can't even do it. We've drifted well off of the the reservation, but I think it's actually an inappropriate joke (laughs) under the circumstances. I want to tell you guys about a brand new sponsor. And their name is Aslo. It's not lost on any... Listen, we we talk all the time about our friends over at Stamps.com. One of the... A a surefire way to win our business is to bring 21st century mentality to long-established businesses and actually give us the convenience of the internet age. That's what Aslo is doing to banking. Everybody knows how antiquated the banking system is. They're years behind in terms of technology. Even in the era of COVID where you can't go to the bank, you've had to actually call bankers during this period of time. It's the worst. You're on hold when you finally get through to someone they have to transfer you to like the national branch because they don't, they don't actually know what's going on anymore. It's, uh, that's what Aslo is here to solve. Um, they're bringing modern technology and modern sensibilities to the banking world. Unnecessary fees, taking a trip to your bank, these are the last things that a business owner would want to deal with, especially considering these uncertain economic times. Aslo takes all the friction out of the banking business. Aslo is a free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, money transfers, no minimum balance, and no fees. Unlike other banking options, there's no minimum deposit required. You'll never be charged maintenance or overdraft fees and no ridiculous phone system that feels like it was literally invented to waste your time. Nothing's worse when you're in business than getting on the phone with someone and you actually feel them laughing at you yeah. for how much of your life they're stealing away from how much productivity. Instead of the days or weeks it takes to apply for an account at a traditional bank where you're still required to go in person, with Aslo, you just go to Aslo, A-Z-L-O.com and apply in as little as 10 minutes. There's no waiting to use your account. With Aslo's free instant funding feature, you can deposit up to $1,000 and access it instantly in your account. Aslo is owned by BBVA USA, a member of FDIC, and because they make business banking easy and offer fee-free checking accounts, Money Magazine has called them the best business banking option for freelancers and entrepreneurs, which is the most alliterative uh, endorsement that Money Magazine has yet given to any bank. You can Quote me on that. That's an absolute truth. Uh, we love Aslo because, as I said, we love the future. Uh, at Daily Wire, we, you know, we want to conserve the best things of the past. Um, but we have stopped thinking of ourselves as conservative in many ways because what we really want to do is win tomorrow. We want to take the ideas of the past and make them, uh, meaningful for people who are living in tomorrow. And that's what Aslo is doing for banking. You can sign up right now with no minimum deposit at aslo.com slash Shapiro. Dang it. Slash Shapiro. Outrageous. It's Indeed.
0: always Slash Shapiro. It's never Slash Chair. Well, you know, they actually want people to buy their product and check it out. So Here. sign up right now with no minimum deposit at Aslo.com slash Shapiro. Get a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide. It's spelled A-Z-L-O dot com slash Shapiro. Sign up with a free small business starter guide and no minimum deposit. Aslo.com slash Shapiro. It's really user-friendly, by the way. The website, su- I checked it out today. It's a super user-friendly website. A-Z-L-O dot slash Shapiro. And get that free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide and get started at aslo.com slash Shapiro.
1: So because uh, we have a lot of actual fans who watch the program, and by a lot, I mean basically it's Laurel, Margo, yeah. uh, two or three others. We people. know their actual or names. That's how close we name. are to
0: our fans and also how few of them there are. It's, it's not great, you guys. Uh, nevertheless,
1: because they're watching and because we have the Matt Walsh, uh, the theocratic fascist himself on the show. I know that people will be devastated if we don't have one Protestant Catholic argument. Yeah. And so what I I'm just gonna stay over here, guys. Then, Go at it. Yeah. Go no at it. Enjoy <laughs> it yourself. There's no place for you in this conversation, my friend. Uh, what I want to talk about actually is the Catholicism. It's why the Pope is terrible. Go. <laughs> and I don't mean well, this Pope. I mean yeah. the papacy oh, okay. itself historically. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. well, Martin Luther deserves a theme song. But if he has one, I don't know what it is. Uh, no, what I want to talk about is the Catholicism of Democrats. Because oh. we live in a country where every Democrat is Catholic. Yeah. Every, every pro-abortion Democrat wow. yeah. in the country is Catholic. Uh, now, to my understanding, you're not even allowed to, basically half of them aren't even allowed to take communion yeah. in Catholic churches. Uh, nevertheless, what, what is it about, uh, and you can answer this either way. I'm, I'm, I'm setting it up as a being a jerk because of our Protestant Catholic debates, but I'm actually very curious about it, so don't take this as, as a jab. I want to know what the relationship between Democrat politicians and Catholicism is, why one wields the other, and which is wielding which. Matt.
4: Um, I was just going to look up, I didn't have a chance, I was going to look up statistics, how many Democrats are Catholic versus Protestant, because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there are more Protestants, but I didn't have a chance. They're um, more Protestant, uh, you know, there but, may Ca- well...
2: but Catholics are split. It, it, if you look at just Democrats, they're more Protestant. But if you look at Catholics, for some reason, they're split 50-50, even though... The Catholic Church does not permit you to support many of the things the Democratic Party But
1: I guess what I would say, yeah. too, what, what I would say in all, in all sincerity is that, yes, there may very well be uh, more Protestant Democrats and there may very well be more uh, or an equal number of uh, Catholics who are Republican. But that's not really the question. The question is about Democrat politicians who, yeah. who, uh, who operate against yeah. everything that the church stands for. Well, Never the, to the, nevertheless willed Catholicism somewhat uniquely. Yeah.
4: yeah. I think, I think the, I think the reason you know, there, there are a few reasons for it, but you know, these are, first of all, these are sort of like legacy Catholics that were grandfathered mm-hmm. in. They, you know, they, <laughs> they, we know. So as the Democrat party has shifted um, and uh, we know that, you know, the, the, their, their grandparents and their family has been mm-hmm. Catholic. Um, but uh, so as a shift in the Democratic Party has happened, it also has happened in the church in America. And, uh, and you know, part of the problem is you, know, you, pu- you point out a lot of these Democrats aren't supposed to be taking communion or, or they can't take communion. And that's, that's true. I mean, none of them should be taking communion because they all support open sin. They're all committing the sin of scandal, a mortal sin, by supporting abortion. So not a single one of them is allowed to take communion. Uh, but the problem is precisely that. Almost all of them are. It's, it's very rare mm-hmm. that you hear about one of these guys actually being turned down communion. And when it does happen, the thing is that the priest who does it is shipped out of town yeah. because a lot of these bishops in America today are basically bureaucrats, um, not, un, not, not that far from the Democrat politicians themselves. So uh, I, I think if the rules were actually enforced um, and these Democrats had to endure the humiliation of being turned down for communion and that sort of thing and actually being rebuked by their bishops, then uh, I don't think you're going to have as many Democrats identifying themselves as Catholic, but that doesn't happen. So they identify themselves that way because they can, and no one, no Mm -hmm. one stops them.
2: Yeah. I mean, Joe Biden is obviously an apostate who does not believe in the faith. And he, he is obviously in a state of grave mortal sin, as, as Matt just mentioned, this sin of scandal. Uh, But you see it even beyond the abortion question. It is not acceptable for faithful Catholics to support socialism. You can't do it. There have been many papal encyclicals on this topic. Rerum Novarum, Quota Apostolici Muneris, Centesimus Annus. I mean, it goes on and on and on. You cannot do it. Read the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The trouble is there are many people who identify as Catholic who don't really believe in the faith. Part of this may be because the Catholic Church in the Christian tradition believes in infant baptism, whereas more modern iterations of Protestantism over the last two or three hundred years have rejected infant baptism to varying degrees. Many Protestants do support infant baptism. So uh, when it comes to more evangelical or modern Christian Protestant denominations, they believe that it requires this act of will that you have to do when you're 20 years old or 25 years old. And so you're much more conscious of it. One thing you'll notice is the most conservative people in the country very often will be Catholics. Uh, If you think of people like Bill Buckley, Phyllis Schlafly, Russell Kirk, uh, these guys uh, are often Catholic and yet there are so many liberal politicians, Mario Cuomo, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, who at least say that they're Catholic, but they're not. One thing that I would uh, point to for these really conservative Catholics is they're all reverts or they're all converts. They're people who did uh, either float away from the faith and then they they came back to it or they chose it from some other religion. And and therefore, they're thinking very consciously about it. I I wish that these polls reflected and and these politicians reflected people who actually practice the faith versus people Mm. who are are merely identifying in that way, in the same way that someone like Douglas Murray would identify as a Christian atheist, which is obviously preposterous, but it is getting at something alluding to a history or a tradition or an aesthetic. And Ben, you could probably speak to this uh, very clearly between people who practice Judaism, and people who are merely, say, ethnically Jewish, but they don't actually believe anything about Judaism. In I mean,
1: Protestantism, we don't have any of this. We just pay pole boys to have sex with our wives, right?
2: <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on. Whoa. You, whoa. It had to come up at some point, but yeah, uh, it was, uh, Listen, it was cool.
1: I'd love uh, love to carry on this conversation, <laughs> and also answer a bunch of questions from our users over at The Daily Wire. Oh. Be an <laughs> all-access member. Use the promo code ACCESS. Get your 20% off, and join us, along with Alicia Krauss, as we... Uh, Engage in 30 more minutes of whatever it okay, is. I can't believe you sneak that, that in we,
0: while the rest of us watch. Just that like, we wow, we do. Just- Come
1: over and see us at Daily Wire. Martin Luther, he's <laughs> a great Protestant. This is a steam song. He started the Reformation. Please roll the credits, people. I can't keep... There's only so much <laughs> magic. Daily Wire backstage is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer is me, Jeremy Warren. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Our assistant director is Pavel Wadowski and our technical producer, Austin Stevens. Our segment producer is Katie Swinnerton. Editing is by Jim Nickel. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina and our audio assistant is Robin Fenderson. Playback is operated by Nick Sheehan. And hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. Daily Wire Backstage is a Daily Wire production. Copyright
0: Daily Wire 2020. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First,